Welcome to Mi Gente On Air on 100.5 and 790 News Radio WSGW and online WSGW.com. Now, here is your host, Larry Rodarte. Good evening. Welcome to Mi Gente On Air. Welcome to this show, this holiday season, and I come to you tonight with a heavy heart. And I say that because we all know what a terrible year 2020 has been to so many of us. It's been difficult. And we have had some major players in our community, the Hispanic community, who have passed in these last few months, some from COVID, some from other health issues but related to COVID. And I just want to mention um, some of these individuals who have really played a role in our community to enhance uh, the Great Lakes Bay region. First, I want to mention Louis R. R. Flores. And I want to mention Louis because we all know what a legend he was in the music industry for our community as a DJ on some of the uh, radio stations back in the 60s, 70s, the 80s, all the way up into internet radio in 2019. Louis was such a figure in our community with his uh, Texas Latin records and promoting Tejano bands and bringing bands uh, like Selena and Los Dinos and Michael Salgado to our community. And he had quite a battle in the end with COVID and uh, passed away just this month. Condolences to Louis' family. I also want to mention another musical icon in our community, Miss. Gloria Munoz, who passed away on Monday. Her faith was her driving force within our community. She was the musical director for St. Anthony's and now St. Francis uh, Parish. And Gloria was all about family, and that included her par parishioner family at the church. And for so many years, she used that God-given talent of bringing music to the faithful. And she was all about her culture and participated in Dia de los Muertos at the Union Civica Mexicana and just came from a, a beautiful family that uh, really, really believed in their faith with Our Lady of Guadalupe as well as in their language and their culture and their foods. So to Gloria Munoz's family, I give my sincere condolences as well. And just as we are taping this show, we hear of another passing of Mr. Ruben Lavario and the Lavario family. Our condolences as well to them and another musical family. We've we just been hit really hard in, in our Hispanic community here in the Great Lakes Bay region. I want to wish everybody a great holiday season as we continue on and we survive this pandemic. And I, I hope everyone is being safe and wearing their masks, washing their hands, all the things that we're supposed to do to contribute to try to put this pandemic at bay. And just too many, too many have gotten sick in this last wave, second wave, if you will, of the pandemic. But let's get away from that. Let's get away from uh, the negative part of this show in terms of the sadness. And let's talk about philanthropy. Philanthropy is such a vital part of keeping a community alive and vital. And even in this difficult year, some of uh, our community members 
are really working to raise money to help those in need. And my first guest, we're going to talk with Jessica Hernandez. She is the Ezekiel Project Executive Director, and she's doing a great job. And we're going to find out a little bit about her involvement with philanthropy with the lead organization, which is Latino Leaders for the Enhancement of Advocacy and Development. And I want to welcome Jessica Hernandez to the show. Hi, Thank you for having me. Thanks for being with us today, and thank you for, for calling in from your home. I know you're at home. Can you, can you start out by first explaining to us, Jessica, what exactly is the Ezekiel Project? Sure. Yeah, the Ezekiel Project is an economical organization that works and addresses social justice issues in our community, our state, and throughout the nation. We do this by um, five different task forces, a leadership, faith leaders table, and youth for social change. The five different task forces are education, economic, criminal justice reform, environmental, and health and social justice. That that sounds like a big basket of uh, <laughs> yeah. work for you to do. Can you tell us exactly um, what is the group doing with LEAD in terms of giving back to the community? And I know you're uh, looking at giving back to our frontliners in the hospital. Yep, yep. So I want to highlight one of the things that you said. You said we are surviving this pandemic. And you're right. I want to, um, I want to, when I have this conversation with you, I want to go with that mindset that we are, we're going to get past this, that um, as a community, we are resilient and we will keep moving forward and, and really kind of think about the definition of what philanthropy is. And it's us looking at the welfare of others mm -hmm. expressed by whether it is um, our generous, acts, giving, however that looks. And so what we did, um, we meaning Ezekiel and LEAD, we teamed up to create Operation We Care, Operation We Care Great Lakes Bay region. And it really was to show our gratitude to the healthcare workers within our region. Um, really, Saginaw is a medical hub, if you, take, if you think about it. We have Covenant, St. Mary's, the Federally Qualified Health Centers, we have a lot of private practice, the vet, um, veterans hospital. And um, so we, we had the opportunity to show our appreciation for their unwavering uh, going to work every day. You know, it, it, it was a struggle this year, as you said, 2020 has been a year of chaos. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go back to the thought of we're resilient and we have the opportunity to show our appreciation. And so what we did... Um, was we created um, Operation We Care. And what the whole purpose of Operation We Care is, uh, is to give back to those resilient healthcare workers. And we're, um, you know, they've had limited capacity at these sites. They're, um, they've had mandatory overtime and shifts. They're tired. Yes, uh, my yes, sister is one of the healthcare workers, the nurses at Covenant. And I saw her the other day and I was so excited. I hadn't seen her all year since February. I haven't even seen her eyes over her mask. And, um, you know, I appreciate her. I appreciate her going every day yes. that she's called to work or if she's called in, um, her family has had to sacrifice. And, um, so this is why we did it. We wanted them to know that we have a heart full of gratitude for all that they have given up 
Yes, yeah, yes. what their appreciation, what they've sacrificed, and what they continue to sacrifice as we survive and beat yes. this pandemic. And, and you know, I, w- I want to thank you for uh, being so upbeat. You know, I, I came on uh, the show feeling a little down in regard to all the passings of friends that I have had. And um, so I want to thank you for lifting me up a little bit during uh, this time period. And I think what you guys are doing is phenomenal. Because, yes, we do have to give them thanks. These are our heroes. These are the, the men and women who, you know, sacrifice. And, I mean, how fearful it must be to go in there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm happy that uh, an organization such as uh, yours and LEAD, Latino Leaders for the Enhancement of Advocacy and Development with, with Angelo Cap, um, you know, that you guys are doing something in that regard. So thank you very much. Can you tell me what is in the baskets uh, that you're giving to the frontline workers? Yep. So actually, there's a, a, we were intentional in this. So not only are we giving um, cleaning products, so th- I guess there's a, is a whole a whole slew of things. There's key, cleaning products, household products. You know, they might not even have the opportunity to go to the, the store to get these products, right? They might have to ship them in or have to pay a fee for that. So that was one of the things that we wanted to address. On top of that, so... We have been doing some fundraising, and what we would like to do also uh, to benefit our community as a whole is uh, give back to those small businesses in our community and purchase some gift cards and gifts um, with, I shouldn't even just say our community, but the Great Lakes Bay region, so um, to address some of those small businesses that are feeling the, pinch, uh, feeling the, the yeah, 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 you know, and today it's it's difficult. So we, we are going to include some gift cards and um, just if they want to buy themselves lunch, they want to buy something for their, their family. Um, we are really looking at um, supporting not only our healthcare heroes, but the people in our community who have small business. So it's going to be a combination of things. Uh, not every gift, gift basket will look the same, but it is um, just a small, I guess, appreciation for everything that they do. Yeah. They've done. And, that, and that's what it's about, taking care of each other during this time. I mean, we really had to advocate for each other and advocate for going forward and, you know, keeping ourselves safe. It's, it's, it's so important. So, again, thank you right. uh, for doing what you're doing with this project. And it's called, again, what? Operation We Care Great Lakes Bay Region. So it's a whole mouthful. <laughs> yeah. And it's for our health care heroes. Um, Operation We Care Great. GLBR. What is the goal in terms of the the monetary uh, number you're trying to reach? Sure. Uh, Our fundraising goal is $5,000, and we are actually raising money through this weekend. Um, We have, and and so we also have the other end, right, where where there's the fundraising piece, but we also want to um, people to nominate themselves or nominate a healthcare hero that they that they would like to win the basket, to have the basket. We have uh, created a Google Doc, a Google form, that has been shared on Ezekiel's Facebook, Leeds Facebook, and also Latinos United for Saginaw's Facebook. This form, um, it's very quick. It's a matter of just you putting the the Healthcare Heroes information on there, submitting their contact information, and then we will be having the raffle drawing on uh, December 28th. So the form is open until the 27th, excuse me, until 5 p.m. 
the raffle will happen on the 28th, and then we will um, coordinate with those winners to pick up the baskets or, you know, to get the baskets to them on the week of the 5th, the first week of the, the new year. Well, thank you so much, Jessica Hernandez from the Ezekiel Project, doing what she can to help bring joy to our frontline workers. Thank you so much, Jessica, for being with us. And we're going to continue Thanks for on. Having me. We're going to continue on with uh, Mr. Elvis. We Naku. are. Yes, you can stay on the line if you like. <laughs> but we, we're going to uh, make sure that we talk a little bit more about Christmas with Angels, which we've had Elvis on the show before, and he's going to update us on what is actually happening right now during the gift of giving season. Elvis. Elvis. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Tell me, very busy. Tell me a little, yeah, you, you're very busy uh, coordinating all the efforts in trying to bring all the angels together to go shopping and to provide those gifts during this season for Christmas with angels. Can you tell me a little bit where we are today from the last time we talked uh, in terms of the monetary money that has been raised and uh, what, how, how, they're, how they're navigating this during this time of uh, a lot of closures? Yeah, great. A lot of great questions. So right now, um, as far as to date, we've raised um, $11,320. Uh, we have selected 26 families right here in the Great Lakes Bay region um, already. They were all notified um, yesterday. As of yesterday, we had the chance to notify all the families. We're looking to take all 26 of those families shopping over the next really three to four days, um, which is Wednesday, you know, today, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we're looking to take them all shopping, so we look forward to that. We also have another $1,675, uh, actually 16 yeah, 75 that's been pledged. Uh, so we're looking to have those donations come in. So we're hoping uh, when those come in that we'll be able to sponsor another 10 to 15 families right here in the Great Lakes Bay region. So if we're able to do that, you know, we're able to sponsor over 40 families total this year. It'll be over... Uh, bringing the gift of Christmas to over 127 to 140 children right here in the Great Lakes Bay region. Uh, and, you know, the angels, my hat's off to them. Uh, they're stepping up, taking all these families shopping very safely. Everybody's wearing masks. Uh, thank you to all the sponsors. Um, Walmart's been great. Uh, we went over there, and they, they pledged us um, an $800 pledge. Not only that is... Uh, we have certain lines that will be just for our angels to take the family shopping. So it's all coming together. It's been a tremendous amount of work, uh, but we're making it happen. So we should be able to bless over, you know, 26 to 45 families and, you know, bless, uh, bless you, over bless 125 children. <laughs> bless your hearts for doing this. You know, what, um, what in this difficult time, you know, everything had to be like uh, – talked about and, and developed and how we were all going to uh, go forward. First, you weren't sure if you were even going to go forward with Christmas with Angels. And, you know, now we're talking where we've raised uh, over $10,000. Can you tell me a little bit about the telethon that went on on Facebook? Yeah, the, the telethon was amazing. So, you know, Larry, that's, that's really been the, you know, the tough part. Uh, you know, all of our hearts, 
on the committee, you know, always want to give to the families in need. I mean, that's unquestioned. This year is, is our fourth year, but we were really challenged. You know, how do you do that? So virtually, um, we've been meeting through Zoom calls, and then, you know, one of the committee members said, why don't we do a telethon? So we'll all, you know, gather in on a Zoom call, and then we'll share that Facebook Live. And it just went, we had over, I think it was 50 shares. Uh, the community really rallied around it. And we were able to get, you know, reach over in a few, just a few hours. Uh, we were able to, you know, get pledged at least, it was like 11000 let me look behind me, $11,555. Uh, the community supported it. You know, hats off to them. Um, it was an amazing night, amazing few hours. And, and, you know, the last few years that Christmas as Angels has taken place, we've had the big celebration at the Union Civica. We've had Santa Claus come in. We've taken pictures. We had news organizations and great food, and it was just a huge celebration. And I know that 2020 is going to be different, but um, tell us how Christmas with the Angels is going to handle giving out the gifts and then uh, capturing that so the community can see. There, there lies another very challenging question. So what we have came up with, um, and it, it is different in each situation, uh, because we have angels on our committee that some are in their 20s, some are in their 60s. So based on the level of each angel, you know, what risk they're okay with, uh, we're, all, we're still taking every family shopping um, as far as over to the local Walmart. We really averaged it out where every kid receives at least $100 uh, to be able to shop for them, shop with. Then some families um, that don't belong to certain churches um, are, are able to take the gifts at that time um, and then really you know, take them home and be able to wrap them and have Christmas, which is completely different because normally we took all the gifts and then we had a big wrapping party um, at the Civica, La Union Civica Mexicana, and then we had, of course, the big ceremony, uh, which is, you know, this year it's challenging. So then that's one way. So the families may take their gifts directly from Walmart after their purchase with their angel. Another way is we had a few local churches that had some, uh, they referred some of the, their members that are in need. And we're going above and beyond in certain situations for that is we're taking all the gifts to those churches, and their parishioners are, are wrapping them for them, and just having, you know, the, the pastor and the first lady are, are going to be handing out those gifts to those families. So um, once again, it's, it's completely different, and there's been a, a, lot, of move, a lot of moving pieces. Um, many things are changing on, on the daily, um, and we're just adjusting. But the biggest thing that we – want to capture is um, I was out in the community last night and I saw one of the selected families just out and about and they said well are you doing Christmas with angels this year I said yeah you know we were able to get it to go through and she said God bless your heart thank you for doing everything you're doing and she had two children with her and they both gave me a hug and I tell you what it brings chills and I know I know there's a lot more stories out there and you know we're going to do whatever we can do to help our community and if we have to adjust, we're going to adjust. And I can't say enough about the sponsors, the community, the collaboration, 
and the Angels Committee for all you guys do. We, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, and I'm glad we're making a difference. Yes, yes, it, it's so important, especially this year. I, I want to ask you, Elvis, um, what do you remember about Christmas uh, as a youngster when you were um, maybe five, six, seven years old? What, what, what do you remember from that time when little Elvis uh, was waking up on Christmas morning? <laughs> I remember saying, well, "Let me let me get a coffee real quick <laughs> before we we open these gifts." But I mean, you remember just the pure joy, you know, the the excitement of the children running in and waking up mom and dad, and you know, coming in and then just sitting there. Um, you know, my satisfaction and my joy is just watching the kids open up the gifts and seeing the joy and seeing the twinkle in their eyes as they're as they're opening up the gifts. And it's it's an infectious feeling, you know. The, I, I, I miss that this year because we can't have the ceremony um, for Christmas with the angels. But you know, next year, 2021, boy oh boy, we're gonna we're gonna have a great ceremony. And you know, I, I just look forward to, to my children specifically too, um, just seeing the joy. You know, Christmas is all about joy and coming together and you know, giving thanks and and, and all about the children. And um, you know, I'm just. Seeing them happy makes me happy. Yes, yes. And, you know, uh, Christmas, uh, with the idea of Christ uh, within our celebration, you know, he has made it so possible for all of us angels to come together. And and how many are in your organization? Um, Probably about 10. 10 of the angels voluntarily uh, helping with this effort. Uh, That's a good number. So it's 10. Sometimes the committee has fluctuated up to up to 14. Um, So you have that. You've had that fluctuation. Uh, But it's generally we've had a core for the last four years of uh, the same the same 10 for the last four years with, you know, three or four fluctuating in and out based on what's going on in life. Mm -hmm. But absolute uh, solid 10 that are committed. Yeah, and whatever, like you said, whatever's going on in life, we're still going forward. The Christmas with Angels is a great philanthropy effort for the Great Lakes Bay region. And here at Mijente on Air, we are so happy to have you on air, Elvis, and to give us an update on such a wonderful effort. So thank you so much for being with us again today on Mijente on Air. Thank you, Larry, once again. Thank you for all you do. Um, and thank you once again to the community the committee, the angels, the sponsors, and and just wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Thank you. And we'll be back with more on Mi Gente On Air. This is Mi Gente On Air on WSGW. You're listening to Mi Hinte On Air on WSGW. Welcome back. Welcome back, Mi Hinte. I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, and we're talking about philanthropy today. We just had Elvis Mackle from Garber Buick talking about Christmas with Angels and Jessica Hernandez from the Ezekiel Project talking about Operation We Care. And that organization is working with uh, LEAD, Latino Leaders for the Enhancement of Advocacy and Development. And they're giving back 
in caring for the frontline workers. But we also have Mr. Guadalupe Rosas. He is an entrepreneur, a restaurant owner, who has hit big in the Great Lakes Bay region with his authentic Mexican restaurant, TNT. And I want to welcome Guadalupe Rosas, known as, affectionately known as, Toyo. Good evening, Toyo. How are you? Good afternoon. How you doing, Mr. Rodarty? Good, good, good. Listen, we've known each other for so many years. You don't have to call me Mr. Rodarty. Oh, call me Larry. <laughs> but, with out of respect. Yes, yes. And, you know, we have a community that is giving. We have a community that has worked in these philanthropic efforts and now in 2020, more than ever, it seems like there's such a need. And with Christmas with Angels and Operation We Care, what is it that you're uh, calling your effort? And you're going to talk to us a little bit about that. Well, we put together a TNT holiday feast for the frontline workers. Uh, just a simple fact is we've been hired by the by the foundation to take uh, approximately 30 to 50 meals, maybe once a week, sometimes twice a week. And it seemed like every time I've, I've gone to deliver these, these meals, man, I, I just look at these, these, uh, frontline workers and man, they look exhausted. Like, you know, they're, they're working around the clock and they're working numerous hours that they're not used to. And I just felt in my, my heart that it was time for me to do a little something you know, out of the foundation, you know, because, I mean, foundation has so much, I mean, has enough money just for the simple fact of, like, to provide, but how long can they provide for? So I wanted to do something on my own on behalf of my restaurant that we could contribute to these workers. Mm -hmm. And you talk about the foundation. What foundation is that? Um, I want to say it's the Covenant Foundation. Oh, okay. And like I said, they hired us back in i want to say may and june when you know when the first the pandemic was hitting pretty hard so they carried we carried them out to probably like july so the funding guys you know they they're out of funding come uh end of july so they didn't have us do it no more and plus a lot of things start opening back up and then as a second round the second wave came they got funding again, so they asked us, were we aboard again? And I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and from looking at those frontline workers and having, you know, uh, firsthand experience at, at looking at them, it, that's where the genesis of this idea came from you, right? I'm sorry, you broke up later. I, I was saying that, you know, just by looking at those frontline workers, that's what really made you think to do this effort on uh oh, holiday feast. absolutely i mean like i said i mean me and my wife firsthand we we had COVID, and you know it was kind of like rough on our family and i mean just to be working around it man it's got to be a big strain on the family i mean you know you don't want to take the virus home and get your your, your family sick and you know it, it's there's a lot of a lot of uh what i want to say stress. like a lot of uh, what's that a lot of stress Oh, yeah, a lot of stress. Well, you know, for someone who is somebody who has had COVID, you you really have seen firsthand. I know your your wife uh, got pretty sick there uh, in early on in the pandemic, and you yourself were sick. So I think you 
are in a good position uh, where it comes really from the heart to to want to give back to these frontline workers that help help your wife and help yourself, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Back back in like when my wife got better, she came home in uh, uh, May, the second week of May. She was in the hospital for I believe it was twenty one days, and I mean she did the ventilator and she did all that stuff. But I mean you know like. By the grace of God, she was healed, and I mean it. It took a long time for her to, you know, to even step out the house because she still had concerns about. They didn't know if you could catch it the second, the second way or second virus. But I mean, it was just, it was kind of like, you know, we we're, you know, like being still. I mean, it was like I, we didn't know what was going on, and now there was a lot of questions unanswered. So, yes, yes, we we are the people of this generation that are experiencing a pandemic at this proportion that hasn't been around since 1918 so a lot of this is new in the modern age for us to experience and thank god we are helping each other uh with these philanthropic efforts and um i i want to ask you something what why do you feel toil uh there's just been such an increase in the need um for mexican food in this community Oh man, I've been I've been cooking, man. I can't say all of my life, but I mean, since I was a teenager, I always had the the urge of being in the in the kitchen with my grandmother, my mother, you know, like my aunts, and you know, like it was it was always a it was always that aroma that I had. I loved to smell, man, and it was like that's why I like to get in the kitchen and do my own thing. But I mean, it's just like a I mean, it's a breath of fresh air smelling good Mexican food. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I noticed on, on Facebook some of the, the meals that you were preparing uh, for the Covenant workers. I think you had uh, tamales in your meals with rice and beans, and how how did that go over? Oh, man, and you know what? Honestly, that was one of their requests because, of course, we got we to gotta singly package the, the, the dinners or lunches up just for the COVID. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people are not doing, like, the catering style nowadays because, you know, they don't want too many hands touching it, and, you know, it's got to be wrapped in the single containers. And, I mean, it's more safe, you know. But, I mean, we had a request to do the tamales, and I was, and I told uh, uh, Amy Miner, that's the lady I'm working with for the foundation, and she said, is there any way we could do tamales? I said, absolutely. I mean, it's the Christmas season, tamale season. I mean, it's, you know, it's a tradition for us, us uh, Mexicanos. Yes, and it's 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 spilling over to all the other uh, ethnic groups in our community uh, because they they love tamales, and I, I see that so much more. And it's so important um, that an organization such as yours, TNT, that you're providing that along with some of the other area restaurants, you know, to the frontliners and to the general pop- population as well. Sure. And 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 tell me, uh, and I and I've asked. Um, Elvis and um, asked him how he remembers his Christmas pass when he was like five, six, seven years old. I want to ask, what did Toyo Rosas experience as a child with parents Irene uh, and uh, over, uh, I forget, what, what what street was that that you lived on as a child? On Thayer Street. Thayer, I was going to say Thayer too. Yeah. What did you I mean, remember about was- Christmas? It was always like every one of my family, my my aunts and my uncles, my grandmother, we would always 
go to our house, you know, like in the basement. That that was that was the stomping ground for the Roses family. Mm-hmm. So everybody would come to my parents' house and we'll be downstairs, exchange gifts and eat good and you and know, food, do what food, we had to do. Food always I, played a major portion of that uh celebration, didn't it? If it, if there wasn't no food there, it wasn't no party. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta have the menudo. You gotta have the tamales. You gotta, I mean, honestly, like a lot of people do turkey and Hamden, but I always remember it was tamales and menudo and rice and beans. I mean, it was it was, it was a Mexican tradition. Tamales, you gotta have tamales. Yeah, and do do you serve uh, that menudo that you're speaking of at TNT these days? Oh yes, yeah. When we opened the restaurant back in 2018, um, we were doing menudo and caldo de res only on the weekend. But I mean, I've, I've I had so many of my my customers come in and was like, "Why don't you sell the menudo every day?" And I was like, "Man, it's a lot of work, you know, to clean it, cut it, Heck you know, yeah. cook it. You know, it's a it's a probably a six hour process. I mean, you know, if you're doing it right. So you know, I, I was like, man, I said it's, it's awfully a lot of work." So I tried it, and I kid you not, I, I probably cook probably over 100 pounds every week. Wow, wow. And and let's talk a little bit about uh, what Menudo actually is. So our listening audience, those that may not know, um, what does it consist of? Uh, as far as the, the stomach? Yep, it's it's the beef tripe, right? Yeah, the beef tripe, yeah. And we, and we use the honeycomb. Mm-hmm. I, I like it a little better. I mean, it's a little, little tastier to me. But I mean, I guess it's the upgrade from the regular tripe to the honeycomb. I, I like honeycomb. Yeah, we're I not mean, talking honeycomb cereal. We're talking about honeycomb <laughs> tripe. Right. <laughs> so the good honeycomb. <laughs> and, and that is mixed in with some good chiles, uh, some chile ancho or chile guajillo. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's yeah. authentically mm-hmm. made. It is a very good soup that many, many, many people who have hangovers have been cured from their hangover, <laughs> right? As, I, as a kid, I remember, all I remember always, you know, my family saying, we need to go get some crudo menudo. <laughs> crudo menudo, yes, that's so true. I don't think there's anything better at that time when you're feeling uh, a hangover, and you got to have mm-hmm. that menudo, so Kudos to you for making that uh, for the community. But thank you so much um, for doing what you're doing to the frontliners. Uh, I have a friend over at St. Mary's, and she orders patitos from us um, weekly almost. And uh, I I am so happy to provide that little bit of uh, gift of uh, food to those frontliners because, as you have said, you know, it, it's tough. It's really tough. And I hate when I – drive by Covenant Hospital in the mornings, like early in the mornings, and I do get up early, like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and you drive by that hospital and you see where the workers actually park and the parking lot is full to the max. Have you experienced that and seen that? Every morning. Yes. Every morning. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's just heartbreaking because you know why they're there. You know the service that they're providing and um, – the second wave came after the Thanksgiving holiday, and I, I see some of the numbers that are, that are they're going down, you know, and now just as they're going down, we're going now into the Christmas holiday. So right. um, it, it's tough. It's a tough time, and I just um, am so thankful for 
what you are doing, what Jessica and the Ezekiel Project is doing. And I know there's a number of different other organizations that are trying to help uh, during mm-hmm. this COVID pandemic. So thank you to yeah. you yeah. and your organization. Is there anything else you want to add to the holiday feast for frontliners? I mean, our, 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 uh, our frontline workers uh, campaign is doing wonderful right now. I mean, our plan is to feed 50 to 75 meals a day. Monday through Thursday, December 21st to the 24th, and then December 28th to the 31st. So we're trying to raise about three grand, and right now we're just over two grand right now. So we're a little shy, but, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I I talked to the foundation, and I've been communicating with them, like, pretty much every other day or not a day. But, I mean, we're just trying to raise a little more, and and we're almost almost at that point where, we're gonna make it, regardless if we don't make it. We're gonna we're gonna serve at least four hundred to five hundred workers. Awesome, awesome. Can you can you give me a, a phone number and website that you may have that can help in that effort as well? I mean, yes, we're, we're on uh, uh, Facebook. It's under TNT Authentic Mexican Cuisine, and we have a GoFundMe account set up. And a lot of people are opposed to the GoFundMe. So we do have a donation box here at the restaurant, 1302 Court Street, and we are taking donations in there. A lot of people have been bringing the donations in here because they know it's going right to the cause. So, I mean, we are accepting donations, and, I mean, anything, anything will help us meet our goal. And and what is your goal in terms of the monetary number? Our, our goal is $3,000. That's going to feed 500 healthcare workers. Oh, wow. That's great. That's great. Okay, well, thank you so much, Mr. Guadalupe Rosas, a.k.a. known as Toyo. I call him fool, but um, he's a good friend. He's a good, he's a good uh, entrepreneur in the community who has done wonders in the last three years for his establishment in authentic Mexican food. So thank you again, Toyo Rosas, for being with us today. Thank you. You have a great day. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you as well. Our next guest we have today is somebody uh, that you would not expect to be involved in philanthropy at the level that he is. And I am talking about a young man, very young. I don't even know if he's 12 yet, but he is um, on a mission. And that mission is to give Christmas gifts to children in the foster care system. And this young man uh, is named Kingston Stricker, and he is Latino, and he is uh, comes from Birch Run in the Birch Run area. And just recently, uh, Saginaw County Commissioner Cheryl Hadsell uh, presented an award virtually to young Mr. Stricker, and it was the the Wave Award, which stands for work achievement and valiant effort and can you imagine um this young man raised four thousand dollars for operation good cheer with a lemonade stand and uh he uh he's he's amazing that he would take the effort take a lemonade stand and raise these kinds of dollars for foster kids and uh, I can't say enough 
because he set up this lemonade stand at Don's Foodland this year. And uh, it initially brought in like close to $3,000 for those foster kids. And he's also earned about 1300 the year before and f- like $500 the year before that. And this kid is like maybe 12. So how does a kid at that age within his mind set look to actually raise money, that kind of money, for a need in the community? And like so many of these efforts that we're talking about today, from holiday feasts for the frontliners to Operation We Care and Christmas with Angels, let me introduce to you Mr. Kingston Stricker with Operation Good Cheer. Kingston, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing, young man? Good, how are you? I am doing good. Can I ask you first and foremost, what is your age? My name is Kingston Stricker. No, what is your age? Oh, age, my bad. I'm um, sorry. My age is nine years old. Nine? Oh, my gosh. I thought you were like 12. You, uh, what, what motivates a nine-year-old Kingston to put out a stand, a lemonade stand, at the local supermarket and raise that kind of money? Because you, you're doing a great effort. What motivated you? Well, I knew that I wanted to make a lemonade stand um, about two years ago. So I decided to do one, but I didn't. I knew I didn't want to keep the money for myself. So I decided to donate it to Operation Good Cheer. I want to do that because Operation Good Cheer help Saginaw County foster kids get Christmas presents. And Christmas is just my favorite holiday. I love it. So I, and I knew that there were some kids out there who didn't get Christmas presents. So I wanted to help some of them. Wow. From the mouth of babes, right? And that, that is such a valiant effort, Kingston. And I want to really congratulate you and your parents uh, for bringing forth a kid, a young man, that is able to do this type of effort and give back to the community because that's what's so important in this time of COVID. And what what type of uh, uh, response did you get at that food market? Were, were people very giving or, or were they just walking by for the most part? Tell me about that. Yeah, a lot of people were very giving. So people would walk by and just put money in there and they, just, they wouldn't even take a lemonade. They would just say, uh, this is a good cause, so here's some money. And they would just put it in there. Mm-hmm. They would just put it in the bin that we had and go on. Wow. Go on with it, your day. Initially, when you started this lemonade stand, um, it was for the 4th of July parade in Birch Run? Yes. And and how did that evolve? Um, it, was it because of the pandemic this year and, there, and there's no parades? There's no Cinco de Mayo parade? There's no parade in Birch Run? Is, was that why you moved this over to the effort of Operation uh uh, we care operation good cheer excuse me uh yes that is why because of the pandemic yeah yeah and so are you looking forward to uh seeing uh, some of these young uh kids get these gifts oh yeah definitely and and knowing kingston that you were a big part of that i mean what was the total number that you actually came up with this year in raising this year i raised two thousand nine hundred and nine dollars Wow, almost 3000 That is an awesome effort for a nine-year-old boy. 
And I guess that is why Cheryl Hadsall and the, the county commissioners gave you the award, the WAVE Award. How did you feel about that? Um, I was very surprised. I was very excited. Mm-hmm. A little petrified, but... <laughs> <laughs> A little petrified. How do you feel about being on the radio? Um, I was really nervous, and I still am, kind of. Oh, you sound like a pro. You sound like a pro. Let, let me ask you, Kingston, um, I, I asked some of my other guests earlier, you know, what they thought of their first Christmases when they were young and they were children. Uh, that wasn't too long ago for you, so I'm going to ask you a little bit of a different cu- question. What do you look forward to at Christmas time when it comes to food? When it comes to food, I definitely look forward to breakfast and cakes and bacon. <laughs> yeah, that. And what what about? Um, let's let's reach back because after all, this is a Hispanic show. What about your Hispanic side of the family? I know, I know your grandma Dora and your grandpa Jim. That they must make tamales at home from scratch, right? Um, nope. uh, yeah, they're really good. <laughs> tamales are really good. Yeah, do you like tamales? Oh uh, yeah, I love them. Yeah, they're they're such a good food. Well, you know, your efforts um, have given you the ability to receive the award and i definitely want to feature you in an upcoming issue of mi gente magazine and you're on the radio show here miente on air so you're moving up in the world kid and i know that there's a lot of great things that you are doing and for being only nine years old you you're going to do some great things in our community aren't you thank you and I remember seeing you, Kingston, last year at the Adelante Awards. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. What would you think of that show and uh, celebrating Hispanic accomplishments? I really liked that. It was fun. Yeah, you were all dressed up in that uh, blue suit, and I think you, you might have had a bow tie on, and yep. you were there with your dad. Wasn't that mm-hmm. awesome? That was a good time. Yeah. So Kingston here, for my radio listening audience, uh, is nine years old. He is my cousin, uh, second cousin, I believe. His dad is my cousin, Nick Stricker. And his grandparents are Dora and Jim Stricker. And his great-great-grandparents, I'm going to say, was Tony and Carmen Stricker. And his great-great-great-grandparents, who came from Mexico, was Sonobio and Cecilia Diaz. And so here we have Kingston Stricker. He is a, a product of the Birch Run school system, and he is raising big dollars, almost 3000 for foster kids in our area during this pandemic. So let's give a, a, you know, a round of applause virtually to Mr. Kingston Stricker, who is just an amazing kid. What do you think of that, Kingston? Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you keep doing what you're doing, and I'm going to be watching you out there on Facebook land. And I just want to thank you so much for being on our show and that lemonade stand that fundraised so much money for Saginaw County. And thank you again, Kingston. Oh, uh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. And I want to also give our listening audience a, a big wish of a safe Christmas filled with love in that Christmas spirit. Until next time, I'm your host, Larry Rodarte, on Mi Gente On Air.